Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Be Smart About This, the podcast devoted to helping you make winning decisions in your family law matters. I'm your host, Brian Reed of Reed Centracchio and Associates. We are a family law firm with offices in Chicago, Hinsdale, and affiliate offices overseas. Well, I hope that all of you are doing well and staying healthy. And since we're in the midst of summer, chances are pretty good that you've had an opportunity to get outdoors, to enjoy some sunshine and maybe some uh, activities uh, on the water or someplace in mountains. In any event, it's a great way to de-stress and allow your mind to find some creative solutions to problems that might not necessarily manifest themselves at your desk. Uh, But we have a show to get to today. And if you haven't noticed by now, this podcast tackles some rather uncomfortable subjects and areas that lots of other attorneys, well, they shy away from. This week's going to be no exception. And yes, we are going to discuss dating in the midst of a divorce. It sounds salacious, doesn't it? I hope I at least have your attention. So the first thing we need to discuss is the elephant in the room, the moral issue. Now, I suspect that many of you are waiting to hear whether I'm going to endorse dating during a divorce or whether I'm going to condemn it. The truth is, I'm going to do neither. It's just not my place. What I will do instead is give you pros and cons and let you make an informed decision for yourself. You see, that's what every good attorney should be doing, is giving you information so that you can make informed decisions for yourself. Smart decisions. Attorneys should not be trying to run your life. And if you listen to any of my podcasts, you will hear me repeat over and over again that there are no two divorce cases alike. And I'm being serious when I say that. Every relationship has its own set of facts and dynamics. I've had some Muslim clients consider themselves divorced when their husband said, I divorce you, three times. I've had Jewish clients not consider themselves to be divorced until they obtained a get. And I've had some Christian clients who consider themselves married forever in the eyes of God, literally for the rest of their lives, no matter what a court says. But most of my clients have considered themselves divorced when the judge says they are divorced. But wherever you find yourself on this spectrum, that's between you and your spiritual conscience. What I want to focus on today is the legal, the practical, and the emotional components of dating during a divorce. Let's begin with no-fault jurisdictions. In a no-fault jurisdiction, the court doesn't care who did what to cause the marriage to break down. In other words, you could have really committed adultery every day with someone new and it just wouldn't matter to the court. The court grants a divorce without addressing whether anybody breached the marriage contract or engaged in any sort of wrongdoing. That's in a no-fault jurisdiction. If you do not live in a no-fault jurisdiction, whether that's a state or a country, adultery may well prove the grounds or the legal needed basis for getting a divorce. There might be other implications as well, so be sure to check with a local attorney in your jurisdiction to learn more. 
By the way, in the United States, uh, there are lots of no-fault states. Um, the state in which I practice, Illinois, is a no-fault state. Uh, the United Kingdom will be a no-fault jurisdiction in the autumn of 2021. Uh, the entire UK. I want to give a shout out to a listener with NATO who uh, sent me this article recently that kind of went over some of the provisions of that, which I found very, very interesting. So thank you for that. Um, Germany, by the way, has been a no-fault jurisdiction for a long, long time. Other countries in Europe as well, you can check uh, um, online or call local attorneys if you are living in one of those countries. Uh, lots of countries around the world offer uh, no-fault uh, divorces. And by the way, just I was thinking when I was kind of figuring out what I wanted to talk about today, here's a trivia question for you. What country, what's the, what's the only country in the world where you can still not get a divorce? All right, so the trivia question, what's the only country in the world where you can still not obtain a divorce? If you're thinking about it, I don't have any uh, Jeopardy music to play, so I'm sorry about that. But the answer is the Philippines. I guess I should note that there really is technically no provision for a divorce in the Vatican uh, either, but it's technically a, an ecclesiastical state. In any event, you get the legal picture now. There's our trivia but what about the practical and emotional components of dating during your divorce? I mentioned we wanted to talk about that. Now, for many people, it's not a problem at all. They enjoy the companionship and the intimacy that maybe they haven't had or truly experienced in a long time. And they also find great emotional support from their new relationship to help through this divorce crisis. For others, if they were to date somebody during a divorce, it would be for all the wrong reasons. For example, a, a rebound relationships or perhaps because they are codependents. For these people, clearly, um, they would be better off with a support group and professional counseling so they can properly heal before exploring another relationship. But here's the most important advice that I can give you on this issue. In the majority of cases, dating during a divorce will make your divorce more lengthy and more expensive. Assuming, of course, your spouse knows about it. And why do I say that? Because the truth is, even if your spouse doesn't technically want you, they're probably not ready for anybody else to have you either. And if you start dating during your divorce, which you clearly are allowed to do, just know that there may well be a price tag associated with it. And you must determine whether it's worth it. And only you can make that decision. So how does dating make the divorce more lengthy and expensive? What do I mean by that? Well, because jealousy, resentment, paybacks all enter the picture. Let me give you some examples of statements from clients that I've heard over the years and many times and in many different ways, but this is kind of a good sampling of what I've experienced as a practitioner. Here we go. Number one, did you see where he took his new girlfriend to eat? He never took me to places like that. Never took me to anything that nice. I want every dime I can get from him in the divorce. Let's take a look at another one. This time from a guy's perspective. My wife's dating a guy with a criminal record. There is no way I will ever let him be around my kids. Let's go for full custody. Hmm. Take a look at this one. 
Oh, so now the girlfriend is reading bedtime stories and tucking my children in at night. I don't want the kids at his place at all. Another one for you. So my wife's new boyfriend has been disciplining my kids. Let's file a motion. Here's another one. I can't believe my husband left me for this bimbo. I want to teach him a lesson. And last but not least, another example for you. Uh, again, this one from a guy's perspective. I worked around the clock to make money to keep her happy. And now I learn she's been cheating on me while I was at work. I'm not going to pay her a dime of support. Well, as you can see, any one of these examples on its own could really lead to a flurry of motions and a case spiraling out of control. So I say to you, date if you so choose, but just know that if your spouse learns about it, there may well be an expensive price tag associated with it. Oh, and one more thing. If you spend money on your girlfriend or boyfriend, there is a good chance that your spouse will claim that you've dissipated assets and owe a reimbursement to the marital estate. Perhaps we'll talk more about that in another podcast. One final thing, though, even though the courts in no-fault states don't care if you're dating during your divorce, the truth is that judges, well, they're human. And each judge sees the world in their own eyes. So what if your judge, just by way of an example, and this could be on any uh, gender, but let's say your judge is a woman and you're the husband in this case. And let's say that her heart was broken previously and she went through her own devastating divorce after she learned that her husband was unfaithful to her. Now, if your case has similar facts and it's before this judge and the attorney on the other side purposefully makes some comment that clues the judge in somewhere along the way, as to why her own client filed for divorce. Will one party get the benefit of a decision that could have gone either way? If something's a close call, will any of this influence the judge? Is Lady Justice truly wearing a blindfold? Well, I'm going to let you decide that. And while you're at it, be sure to think about what benefits outweigh what costs. Once you're done with that type of an analysis, then you can make sure that you haven't just blindly followed your emotions. And then you'll know you've been smart about this. I'm Brian Reed. You can find me on the web at recent-law.com. You can email me at info at recent-law.com. Send me your questions and your comments. Let me know what you think, whether you agree, whether you disagree. I'm always happy to hear from you. Also subscribe on iTunes. And in the meantime, I wish you much health and a successful outcome in all of your family law matters.